Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 393 here on The Daily Grind, featuring today's special guest, Tommy Griffith. A lot is in this interview, everyone. Um, So much to learn from Tommy, his experience, his expertise. As always, be sure you have that pen, piece of paper around you. Really dive into what Tommy says. Take one thing out of today's interview and be sure that you're implementing it into your life and if you do that you're going to start seeing massive results but without further ado everyone be sure you really dive into today's interview with tommy griffith enjoy today's review of the day comes from john j rich i have watched since day one and for anyone new to the daily grind content it is top notch you will be inspired by everyone on the show thank you so much john for the wonderful review if you want to be featured on review of the day go ahead and leave that review on iTunes. It's that simple. And if you do, you may just get a special gift because of it. Thank you everyone for the continued support. Whether you have a business or are starting a business, you are going to need a website. I recently have been using Wix to create my brand new site and it's been super easy and looks so professionally done. Like I said, this is the first site that I've ever created by myself, whereas in the past I've had to pay someone to build it for me. But now I just love how Wix has allowed me to customize it to exactly how I wanted it to look and feel. If you're super creative, you can design it from complete scratch, or if you're more like me, you can start with one of their many templates, which gives you a solid base to build off of. And then from there, everything's automatically optimized to any device, desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's been so easy and anything that you don't know how to do and I didn't know how to do, there's support and videos there to help me. To make this even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an expert in SEO to make sure your website gets noticed online and you don't have to pay someone copious amounts of dollars to do it. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this and not share it with you. So if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website, all you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast where you can get started for 10% off today. Again, Daily Grind listeners, all you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast. That's wix, W-I-X dot com forward slash podcast. Welcome back to the show, everyone. As I had mentioned, today we sit down with Tommy Griffith. Now, Tommy has been doing SEO, search engine optimization, for more than 10 years. He previously managed SEO at PayPal and Airbnb and now runs ClickMinded, a digital marketing training platform for marketers and entrepreneurs. Tommy started ClickMinded as a side project while working full-time at Airbnb. He grew it until it started generating more revenue than his annual salary. Two years ago, he quit Airbnb to go full-time on it and ran into a number of problems in trying to grow the business from there, which you're going to learn here on the podcast, everyone. Like I said, make sure you got the pen notepad around. And without further ado, please meet Tommy Griffith. Well, Tommy Griffith, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? I'm doing great. Colin, thanks so much for having me on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Tommy, say for some listeners out there being first introduced to you today, um, just speaking a little bit more on to who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. So uh, so I run a digital marketing training course called ClickMinded, 
uh, we train up entrepreneurs and marketers on how to do digital marketing. Um, I have been doing search engine optimization for about 10 years. I managed SEO at PayPal and Airbnb for six years. And then two years wow. ago, I went full-time on ClickMinded. Um, I had been working on it as a side project while managing SEO at PayPal and Airbnb. Two years ago, left Airbnb to go full-time on it, and the last two years have been kind of uh, traveling and working on it, growing the business and running around the world like an idiot. And so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what was your sort of wanting to start this? I mean, obviously you were doing SEO at two big companies. You had a successful career. What made you want to start this side hustle that turned into what it is now at ClickMinded? Yeah, so uh, the whole story kind of started when I graduated university. And like a lot of internet marketers, my introduction to the whole game was through the four-hour work week. Did you ever read that book? I have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, sh I'm sure uh, plenty of your audience has as well. But mm -hmm. for anyone who hasn't, it was kind of the it was kind of the I mean, tell me what you think, Colin. But like it was kind of the catalyst for a lot of Internet businesses and remote businesses. Right. Like You're it was right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was written in 2000, 2007 or 2008. And it's a little bit dated now. But I think the general concepts in it are, are still really good. It, it, it was basically the motivation for a lot of people to realize that like you can build a remote business and you can travel while you work and you can, you know, have a remote team and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I graduated, I had a finance degree, graduated during the recession when the banks were all crashing and I couldn't find a job <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and was reading the four hour work week in a hammock. And my first, I got a, an inspired to create my first product. My first product was this very dorky ebook that I wrote. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was actually a pretty obnoxious story. A bunch of friends of mine in the book, Tim Ferriss recommends that you start with an info product, right? Like if you have a particular skill set or some type of knowledge that other people might want, uh, you should, you should create it. And so in university, I had this really obnoxious story where a bunch of friends of mine and I started a fraternity. Okay. Uh, um, it was exactly <laughs> like as old school, just exactly <laughs> like old school. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, it was, it was very obnoxious, but, uh, it start kind of started as a joke. And by the time we graduated, there was like a hundred guys in it. Wow. Right. And so, um, so I read for our work week and I used the Google AdWords keyword planner and turns out that 1,500 people a month were searching for how to start a fraternity <laughs> in Google. No yeah. So I wrote this really dorky 60 something page ebook on like how to do it, how to start a fraternity. And, um, I started pricing the book at $10. Nobody bought it. I dropped the price to $5. Nobody bought it. And then I, it, and then I increased the price to $47 and 250 people bought it. No way. And, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, uh, and that was my first introduction to internet marketing. The, the, the whole concept around that as well was I, I said, okay, I have this site. I need to get it to the top of Google. How do I get it ranking for how to start a fraternity? And so that sort of started it down the road, got it ranking, changed the pricing around and it started, started selling. So, yeah. um, that got me into internet marketing. I ended up uh, from there starting a business with a friend of mine that failed miserably. Uh, right, right when I was right when I graduated university, I was about 22, 
and we start. I was one of these guys who I was very blessed, and my parents paid for university. Mm-hmm. I graduated with no debt. Wow. And I ended up putting myself into debt with this business idea. So my friend and I borrowed a bunch of money from family and friends. We tried this idea for a year, and it just didn't work. It was absolutely miserable. We started a. <laughs> it's really random. We started a medical tourism facilitation company. The oh, basic really? idea. <laughs> yeah, you familiar with medical tourism? No, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, so it was uh it was to you and and you shouldn't. It's a really weird <laughs> thing, but <laughs> um this is like 2009 and you know in the US we have uh I know you're Canadian, but we have all kinds of healthcare problems even yep. today and continued to have them uh back in the day, but this was kind of pre Obamacare healthcare reform and the basic idea was there's certain surgeries for people that don't have insurance or maybe entrepreneurs that 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 don't have insurance or there's all there's a big category of people uh, who can't afford really um, expensive certain procedures. So we found uh, I was living in Japan at the time I was teaching English in Japan and we had discovered that knee and hip replacement surgery in Taiwan was extremely cheap. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, so like a near hip replacement in the U.S. is like forty-five to sixty-five thousand dollars, and in Taiwan, with VIP accommodations, doctors that had gone to Harvard and spoke perfect English and had like higher success rates than U.S. hospitals, all in, it was like ten thousand dollars. Oh wow. And so, and that was with the hospital making a huge margin on it with foreign foreign patients. Of course. And so. Yeah, and so um, we started a medical tourism facilitation company. We we basically tried to get people that were looking for orthopedic surgery abroad um, into onto our site and giving us our contact information and, and trying to connect them with hospitals. <laughs> uh, that makes it sense. Was, it was the dumbest idea possible. I mean, we like the, the one upside was that. We, we learned, you know, I learned internet marketing. I learned mm-hmm. SEO. I learned paid advertising. But every other aspect of the business was just so dumb. And uh, <laughs> I remember the moment. I was, I was working U.S. hours, so it was the middle of the night in Taiwan. I was living in Taiwan. I don't speak Chinese. And I was, I was on Skype with, like, a, a 60-something-year-old woman from Illinois at 2 in the morning in my underwear discussing the possible implications of deep vein thrombosis <laughs> this woman and like i was just in so far over my head oh, it was unbelievable so funny yeah <laughs> and the next morning it was like we got to shut this down i got to shut this down so i so i ended up coming home tail between my legs like really beat up from this idea and just kind of knocked on the door like hey mom hey dad <laughs> remember me you know, is there, is there a room on the couch kind of thing? Right. Um, yep. but ended up just being in the right place, right time. PayPal was hiring an SEO manager, uh, for emerging markets. I ended up applying. I had just spent two years learning SEO and that was the catapult for the next sort of phase of my career. I ended up uh, managing SEO at PayPal for two years and then managing SEO at Airbnb for four years. And it was just this really strange sort of experience. I was doing my own business. It wasn't working. I was sort of failing. And then like a month later, I was 23 or 24 years old managing SEO, one of the biggest websites in the world, which is kind of <laughs> wow. kind of weird. But it ended up that ended up being the catalyst for ClickMinded. I was working at at PayPal and still had all this debt from the startup, and 
had to try and figure out how to pay it off. Um, and ClickMine had ended up being like idea number 15. I tried a lot of different things, kept trying for, okay. for, for many different years, but ultimately ClickMine was the one that ended up working. And when you, so, I mean, obviously you tried 15 different things, they weren't working. Did you feel like the 15 things you were doing before ClickMinded, like was solely just to pay off the debt? So this, yeah, it's a really good question. And I, I have a lot of strong opinions on this now. Um, I think I attribute some of it to just sort of entrepreneurial ADD. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a really good way to test this as well. And the, the way to test whether or not you have entrepreneurial ADD is if you go right now, actually, I'm curious about yours, Colin. If you go into your web hosting account right now, how many unused domains are there sitting in there? <laughs> you know what? There's probably four. Four. Like, I, wow. I, I know there's four. There's four. I would actually say that's that's pretty good. That's pretty low. Yeah. But I know, yeah, I know plenty of people who you know, like you're having beers with a friend, you get an idea, <laughs> right? Yeah. You buy the domain immediately, and then you never do anything with it for a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was trying a lot of these sort of different ideas. And I found that the single biggest thing, and this is, I, yeah, I have a lot of strong opinions on this now. So the single biggest thing for me was my own personal motivation and interest in the idea. Got right. You. So, uh, and this is actually counterintuitive to what a lot of people in Silicon Valley say now, right? Like there's a, I think it's, I think it's Mark Andreessen or one of these sort of prolific Silicon Valley tech investors. He had this trope, I think he tweeted it out or wrote a blog post about it or something, where it says, he says like, I'd rather have a mediocre product and a mediocre team in a great market than a great product and a great team in a mediocre mar market. And the, mm. there's this kind of like trope going around around how markets are, are like the thing and you need to focus on the market and, and blah, blah, blah. I actually really disagree with this when you're talking about a side project slash lifestyle business. You know what I mean? And and as a as an example, so yeah, one of these kind of 15 ideas we we're talking about before, I started this iPhone app lead generation site. Okay. So it was it was like it was 2011. Um, you know, iOS development was getting really big. People were wanted to learn Xcode to create their own apps. Um, companies that didn't have their own iOS app wanted them. And so the basic idea was, okay, I'll get a site ranking for keywords like iPhone app development companies and iPhone app development costs and gotcha. iPhone app developers, right? And then yeah. maybe sell the leads. That was, that was kind of the idea. Um, I got it up. I got it live. I got it ranking. It started to generate traffic. It started to generate leads. But every Saturday morning when I went to go work on it, I just hated it. You know, like I... <laughs> I just had no interest in it. I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah. And I, I really just, just hated it. And so, you know, even though it started to work, um, I, I was re it was really, really hard to get out of bed in the morning on Saturday mornings. And so, um, I think there's, there's a little bit of a balance here around your own personal interest in the market, right? I, I, you, whatever goalposts you set for yourself, in the early days, like whether it's your first thousand dollars or $10,000 or hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, you are the engine that's got to drag this thing across the finish line to that sure. first goalpost. Right. And if you're not 
jumping out of bed, it's already so hard, right? Startups are hard. Most startups fail. Most businesses die. Like you already have so much going against you that if you were the single engine that's going to get this to the first barrier and you're not interested in it, you're, the stack is really, really stacked, stacked against you. Yeah, so totally. All these other ideas I tried, I gave them a shot, but but the single biggest factor for me was actually my own interest in the idea. And I think that's so important because, I mean, like you said, even though I don't buy the domains, I think, you know, even not so much now, but in the past, you have so many of those conversations, whether you're having a beer, you're sitting down with a friend or my father, and you come up with all these different business ideas, but you don't act on it or you act on it for a month and then you realize holy shit this is a lot more work and i don't like what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah and i I think that's but for people listening to it who maybe they don't know what that is for them like they don't have that inside of them like oh this is what's gonna jump and get me out of bed would you have suggestions for those people yeah that's really interesting i mean that's the that's the the big dirty secret that 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 uh, everyone is looking for, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the answer. I really don't. I think it's it's really interesting because I had that entrepreneurial ADD and I tried a lot of different things, but I can guarantee you. So the only reason why ClickMinded ended up working was because I dropped all the other ideas I wasn't passionate about, right? That that I know. But I would have never found ClickMinded if I didn't have that entrepreneurial ADD. Yes, right? of like, course. It's this weird balance of, you know, I was the guy that had 55 different domains in my account, and some of them I never worked on, some of them I worked on for a week. You know, I was exactly the guy you just described. Yeah. But so I'm okay for anyone listening that's thinking about this, I'm okay with entrepreneurial ADD up front, like at first, right? I think it's actually fairly healthy I to agree. try and explore stuff. But there comes to a point where you do have to burn the boats a little bit and you have to forsake everything else um, and go all in on, on one specific thing. And I don't know where you draw that line. It's probably different for everyone. But I, you never see anyone that's like, I'm running this very successful business, and I also have a bunch of, you know, 50 different half-assed <laughs> ideas on the side that I'm all, <laughs> that yeah, I'm working on. It never works that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Well, I think it's even for myself. I did sort of the same thing. I did 10 jobs before I found what I'm doing now. But all those jobs and all those businesses that I failed at, you acquire skills. And I think maybe that's something that if you don't have a passion or you don't have that thing, you have to go out and you have to acquire those skills. And whether that's, you don't have to start a business and fail at it, but take a course, you know, read a book, develop actual skills as opposed to, I would say, developing skills. And maybe you have a different take on this, Tommy. I think developing a skill is probably more beneficial than reading the four hour work week. For sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and not only that, but yeah, so another, another interesting way to think about this too is, is, is it within timelines and within your own energy and things? So I don't know if you're familiar with Naval Ravikant. He's this like, I'm not. Uh, no. Yeah. So he's this like uh, venture capitalist, um, kind of guy turned, he's kind of like a, like a, like a religious cult leader at this point now he's he's sort of he was a venture capitalist and invested in a bunch of stuff he started angel lists he started a couple other things but now he's sort of pivoted to like 
um, he does a lot of cryptocurrency stuff as well, but he's kind of more of like a religious figure in, in, in tech circles. It's more about like living your life and he's like a tech, uh, the tech scenes Buddha or something. Okay, like cool. That. Yeah, I think I've Googled him. I see he's on Joe Rogan, a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. just did a Joe Rogan podcast, which is incredible. But uh, he has a really interesting way to think about this, especially with with long term thinking. And he says, um, you should be working on something where uh, it should feel like it should look like work to other people, and it should feel like play for you. Hmm. I love that. And. And if you do that, his whole point is kind of like, okay, if you if you do that, yes, you can lose in the short term, but you can't really lose in the long term, right? If you're going up against a competitor and it's work for them and it's play for you and you're working 8, 12, 16 hours a day, over over multiple years, you know, you're playing and they're working and you're not you can't really lose yeah, in that exactly. case, right? And yeah. so that's sort of his point. For for me, it was really interesting because I, I love to teach. Um, you know, I taught at a graduate school in San Francisco. I really enjoy teaching, and um, and I really love search engine optimization. I, I played a lot of computer games as a kid, and I feel like uh, search engine optimization became my computer game, right? Like I, I would like move rankings up and on the dashboards and move traffic up, and it felt like I was playing like an online role playing game kind of thing or something like that. It was yeah. super dorky. But it just felt like play to me, right? And so um, I ended up loving search engine optimization. I ended up loving teaching. And then surprise, surprise, when I find the side project where I was teaching search engine optimization, <laughs> I, I, I loved doing it, right? Yeah. It, just, it just ended up working. It was like thousands of times more interesting to me than you know, an iPhone app development lead generation site or something like that. And so uh, it just ended up working out. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I think, you know, for a lot of us, we have, I think a lot of us have skills that we think are, because it comes so natural to us, because it may feel like play to us, that we don't think that it can help other people. When in fact, some of your most trivial skills, people would be willing to pay for Like you could probably turn a business out of that. And I think it's really interesting how you say that because I think so many of us have those little skills that maybe to us seem like a game but if you were to look back on it and maybe dissect that and be like wow maybe i could really turn this and spin it in this way and it, it, this could be my business absolutely yeah and it's just it's just a broader understanding of the idea that people value different things differently right mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah you know uh, what whatever you love doing i can guarantee you there's someone out there that hates doing that <laughs> and that's so true that's the sweet spot, you know? So when you started doing ClickMinded, how many hours a week were you spending on this um, as a side project while you were still at, at PayPal? Yeah, so um, so this this one was tricky. So I actually just recently published a blog post laying out where I'm now on the eighth year within ClickMinded, and I, uh, which is kind of wild, but I just posted a blog post with all the revenue numbers and all the hours, kind of the hours cool, per week awesome. per, per year. Yeah. So I can give that to you. Maybe we can link it up yeah. in the show notes. But, um, yeah, the first, the first iteration of the business was, 
terrible. <laughs> okay. So, um, the, the basic idea was, yeah, I started as an offline class. Click, ClickMinded is now an online digital marketing course. We have seven different topics. We use world-class instructors that teach this stuff every day, right? Our social media course is taught by the former head of social media at Airbnb. The content marketing course is taught by the former content strategist from Lyft. Um, but the initial version of it back in 2012 was me renting out a co-working space on Saturday mornings and physically teaching in person. Got you. And, right. And so, um, you know, it would be kind of all you can SEO. So it'd be like a Saturday morning, nine to five and startup founders and marketers and people like that in San Francisco would come in and we would just dissect their website, figure out how to get them more traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, one and two person classes were, um, terrible, right? Because there would be like a revenue share, you know, I would spend all day prepping for the course and things like that. And it just would end up being one of these things where it was a lot of work for just a few kind of a few hundred dollars at the end of the day, bottom line. And the business really wasn't very viable, but, um, I really enjoyed doing it and people seem to have really good feedback. Gotcha. Uh, the, the tipping point of it was, going online. So we're kind of in like an online learning online course renaissance right now. It's Big really time. right. Yeah. And so it's really easy to create an online course. Um, but back in 2012, it was not the intuitive next move. It wasn't, you know, every, everyone wasn't on there. And I just ended up being again, right place, right time with, uh, Udemy. Are you familiar with them? Of course. Of course. Yeah. So an online course marketplace, they're based in San Francisco and uh, what ended up happening was they were sort of looking for new new content and new new courses, and I saw uh, saw they had written about it. And I had at that time I had just t taught I think my fifteenth offline in person class on SEO, and ended up pivoting it to an online course. Okay. Uh, right. So once it became an online course everything started to take off, right? The, the unit economics, of course, on an online product uh, are much different than teaching for nine hours a day on a, on a, on a Saturday morning, right? And you, <laughs> totally. you, can, you can scale it to infinity and all these kinds of things. So yeah, the first year of the business, about half the year I was like physically teaching. And so the number of hours per week was probably 20 to 25 hours per week uh, while working 50 hours a week at, at PayPal. Yep. And then, uh, and then, you know, as time went on, it got, it got, uh, lower and lower and lower and lower where I would work in sprints, right? Like it would be the, the same way you kind of develop a web application. You'd, you'd spend a bunch of time, you know, hammering out one thing or fixing one thing, and then you would push it out and sort of walk away from it for, for a little while. So that's, that's sort of how it worked. That's amazing. So, I mean, there's probably people out here who have that idea to generate that course. What would be the biggest advice you would give them? Because obviously you've done this, you're successful with it. There's so many online courses out there and, you know, people tell you you can do it. It's easy, but you probably know the reality. It's very difficult. What's the biggest piece of advice you would give those people? You know, if I... Um... I ended up in hindsight, it's so easy to look back and be like, Oh, that was right. That was wrong. But mm -hmm. there were a couple of things I, I accidentally did correctly, um, that I would still recommend people, people do. So one of the big things I did that actually ended up being a great move was I started offline and more specifically, I think if you're, if you're listening to this and you're brand new and you're thinking about a side project, the single, in my opinion, one of the single best ways 
to get a little bit of traction and bootstrap an email list is meetup.com. Mm. Uh, uh, so we, I used meetup to bootstrap my first 150 something users. And the way I went about doing it was I started a meetup group. It's still today. I think it's like $15 a month to start a meetup group. It's super cheap. And what happens is when you create a group, you set up your, your tags when you create it, when you create it and meetup will email everyone in that city that's interested in that topic. So I ended up setting up the San Francisco SEO meetup in 2011 for $15 and, wow. you know, s suddenly had a hundred people join the meetup group within like three days. Right. Wow. Uh, I held one happy hour, you know, and didn't even, I just picked a bar that had a happy hour and said, can you, can you guys fit like 30 people? And they said, yeah, no problem. And a bunch of people showed up and then I think maybe I held one more a week or two after that and, you know, just was out like, you know, not even really doing anything, just meeting people, drinking vodka sodas and like, and hanging out. Right. Yeah. And, uh, what ended up happening was then I suddenly had a meetup group of 150 something people in San Francisco interested in SEO. What I ended up doing was, um, teaching my first course and blasting the meetup group saying, Hey, feel free to, to come by. Now, one trick, if you're, if you're thinking about this and you're thinking about doing this, meetup attendance rates are very, very, very low. Everybody flakes because they're always free. So I highly recommend doing what I did, which is put a price tag on your event. And then when you send out the actual email blast, offer free promo codes. So you never Got say you. this event is free. You say this event, normally $500 is free for the first 20 people to reply back. Oh, I and love that, that. Yeah. Right. And so that's, it's still free, but your attendance rate will go from about 30% to about 70% when you do that. Um, which is vital. I ended up doing my first meetup group, uh, my first course to that meetup group, got a ton of feedback. And then when I eventually was ready to launch online, I did the same thing. I emailed all these users. I said, Hey, this is normally at the time, the first version of it was, I think a hundred dollars said, Hey, this is a hundred dollars. Uh, I'm happy to give you a free promo code if you just leave an honest review. What ends up happening, you get 100 people enrolled in the course, you get 10 or 15 five-star reviews, and then you're suddenly rolling. And so I think in, looking smart. back in hindsight, right? And so I think what in hindsight, what I realized I accidentally did correct was a number of online courses that were already there and teaching SEO, it was like, you know, someone went into their basement and talked into their laptop over slides <laughs> or like, you know, yeah. like did the Excel doc sort of thing and, and didn't really want to leave, leave their house. And the reality was for me, my first version of the online course, I taught it 15 times already. And so when you're, when you're offline, you see it in your users faces like, Oh, that didn't work or, Oh, that really worked or, Oh, that joke was terrible or, yes. Oh, that metaphor really connected. You're getting right? immediate feedback. Exactly. So if you start online, you, the only time you get feedback is when you get that one star review, <laughs> right? So Whereas funny, yeah. it, if you start offline, you get that feedback right away. So I didn't realize it at the time. It doesn't scale at all, but this is why it's, it's kind of interesting is because internet marketers would much rather send 10,000 emails from their basement than go out into the real world, which I think it's kind of, that's true. Kind of kind of funny, right? And so I ended up going into the, into the real world first and it ended up paying dividends later. Well, I think that's such super valuable insight because like you see it so much. And I, I think I even, one of the first things I tried to do was 
start this online business and I push people to webinars, but you get the feedback and it's like, well, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But if you were to do it offline, you'd be able to get that immediate feedback and you'd be able to change on the fly and, and be able to change that narrative right there and then so that when you did go online, it's per it, well, not necessarily perfect, but it's valuable. Exactly. Yeah. It's many stages ahead of where it should be for a V1. Yeah. And the reason why no one does it is because it's, it's hard work. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's annoying to go out into the world and rally, rally people up and put yourself out there and uh, present it to people, right? It's, it's work, but, uh, but, but it's, it's a really interesting natural moat, especially when you're going up against internet marketers because nobody really wants to leave their basement. <laughs> it's a, well, it's so funny, right? Because you could give someone the formula like you just mentioned, go out in the real world, and it's worked. It's proven. But so many people will still try to be in the basement and send out 10,000 emails. <laughs> Correct. Yep. It'll be 99% of people won't, won't do it. And so, uh, that's kind of the interesting thing is I've, I've laid this out multiple times and it's been fairly rarely that anyone actually, uh, you know, emails me and said, <laughs> Hey, 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 I did this and it worked right. Like everyone that has done it, that's emailed me, said it worked, but it's very rare that people actually do it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, for people out there, Tommy, who want to reach out, connect with you, check out click minded and what that is, where's the best place they can go. Yeah, we're at clickminded.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Tommy Griffith. And we just released these free 8-bit uh, digital marketing and SEO strategy guides. So if you ever played like Nintendo or Super Nintendo yeah. in the 90s, yeah, we, we created these like 8-bit uh, free strategy guides. If you're just getting started with digital marketing, you can check them out at clickminded.com. Amazing. Well, that's clickminded.com, everyone. Um, I'm going to share all these links to make it super simple to check out. Tommy, follow him on Twitter. And now, Tommy, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. Yeah, so uh, one thing I think that really worked for me, one thing to keep in mind when you're starting this is a lot of people want success tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're on Instagram and everyone's got Lambos and like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not true. Um, there's this concept going around entrepreneurial circles now called the thousand day principle. And the idea is that it takes about a thousand days, uh, to get your side project to replace your full-time income. And so I'm on, I'm now on year eight of my side project, which is uh, ridiculous. And wow. even though it's kind of work, it's kind of working now, uh, it, it has been the slowest possible way to grow you could ever imagine. So if you are just starting something or you're kind of hitting resistance, uh, keep in mind that I, I think it, in my opinion, it takes about a thousand days to get going. So I think that's good, th a good thing to keep in mind. If you haven't started, it's like, start yesterday and if yeah. you have started but you're getting beat up right now um don't worry because it just this stuff just kind of takes time absolutely uh, patience everyone deploy patience right tommy <laughs> that's right <laughs> i love it well as you can see from this interview everyone success is driven by passion hunger and today patience Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we have the chance to speak with the amazing Tommy Griffith. Tommy, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. 
Colin, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is all ours. Everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked. Share this out with a friend. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.